From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Jeremy Gray is a former night reporter for the Birmingham News and is a managing producer for Alabama Media Group. He's also the author of the book Wicked Women of Alabama. As a crime reporter, Jeremy has researched the cases of well-known female criminals, including mobster Bugsy Siegel's girlfriend, Virginia Hill. Jeremy joins us today by Skype from Moody, Alabama, to share more stories from his book. Jeremy Gray, welcome back to Troy Public Radio. Hi, glad to be here. I want to thank you for joining us again from Moody by Skype to talk about your landmark book, Wicked Women of Alabama. Thank you. You know, we left off last time talking about one of the early cases in your book, and it was about Lou Wooster in Birmingham and her romance with John Wilkes Booth, who assassinated President Abraham Lincoln. Today, let's move forward and talk about Virginia Hill, Bugsy Siegel's girlfriend. What can you tell us about her? Well, she was born in the early 20th century in uh, Lipscomb, Alabama, uh, just sort of between Bessemer and Birmingham. Her family moved to Georgia when she was a young person. She had a real hard life, uh, endured abuse, um, lived in poverty, but was a very charismatic person, a very attractive person, and was just fiery with her temper, um, supposedly burned her father with grease one time to protect her siblings from uh, physical abuse. At some point early in life, she ended up in Chicago, and she would have probably been in her early 20s. And this was around the time of the age of the gangsters uh, and prohibition. And she just immersed herself in that world of Al Capone and Bugsy Siegel. And she had a very tumultuous affair with Bugsy Siegel. If anyone's ever seen the movie Bugsy with Warren Beatty and Annette Benning, Virginia Hill is Annette Benning's character. So that's She's been immortalized in movies on a couple of occasions. Uh, Bugsy Siegel actually met his end on her couch in Beverly Hills. He was shot to death, um, still an unsolved murder. And he had named a casino in Las Vegas Flamingos after her. Apparently that was a nickname for her. But they just had a real rocky love affair, uh, a violent affair. She attempted suicide several times after his death and died at a relatively young age uh, of suicide in uh, Amsterdam. Now, Jeremy, she was actually in France when she heard the news, and then later she testified at a U.S. Senate hearing on organized crime in 1951. And I understand she had the senators mesmerized. Mm-hmm by her testimony. And then later she died in 1965, but she never finished her memoir. Do you think organized crime was involved in her writing? Well, I'm sure she wrote about those experiences. 
supposedly a figure from the organized crime world visited her shortly before her death, Genevieve's crime boss, Joe Adonis. But I, I don't know that there was any foul play. She had made several attempts on her own life over the years. She had been chased out of the country for tax evasion. Was, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's very highly likely that her body just gave up or she did take her own life intentionally. I don't know that it was any effort to silence her. But to your comment on the Senate hearings in 51, uh, these were televised hearings about organized crime, and she captivated the entire country. Uh, she she was just classic Virginia Hill. She came out in this uh, really expensive uh, mink stole, just made jokes. Everybody in America was just glued to their TV sets watching it. Newspaper columnist just wrote up every detail of this testimony. She ended up slugging a, a reporter outside the hearing and then immediately just started smiling for the cameras after she had punched this reporter. So uh, it was just a very interesting and tragic life. And you traced her roots to Lipscomb, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now, let's move on to Alabama's poisoners in the 1950s, especially Nanny Doss, the giggling granny who had a life sentence in June of 1955 for the rat poison killing of her fifth husband. Mm -hmm. And she was born in 1906 in Calhoun County, according to your book. Tell me about Nanny Doss. Well, in the 1950s, there were, by my count, at least four women who murdered multiple people, each one of them uh, with poison, sometimes for insurance, sometimes for attention, sometimes for we just don't know. Um, Manny Doss's case took her to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, she killed several husbands, and she just had this real pleasant demeanor, even in uh, interrogation. She was interrogated on television, which was kind of unusual then or even now. She apologized to the detectives for keeping them up all night, and all the pictures just show her smiling. And uh, she uh, went to prison in 1955 and, and died at age 60 of leukemia in 1965. She made a claim that she never harmed any of your blood kin. They were all other people's, you know, husbands or, or, or other relations, nobody that was actually her blood family. So, yeah. And Jeremy, she had claimed to have suffered a massive head injury in a train accident, and that started her thinking, quote, crooked. Yeah. In your book, Wicked Women of Alabama. I also found out in reading your book that apparently people could take out life insurance policies on another person, and if that person died and they were the named beneficiary, they were really the only people who knew about that policy. Right. What Was that law changed? Right. In fact, that changed in part because of one of these cases. Uh, Mary Perkins, as she was a black woman in Selma, and in the 50s, she was taking out insurance policies and taking care of people and poisoning them. This case didn't get as much attention as a lot of the others, I, I suspect, because of race. Her victims were black. She was black. But 
yeah, you could just take on a life insurance policy on someone and them not even know it and have no blood relation to you, no business connection to you, just anybody in the neighborhood. And you just take out a life insurance policy. And then if that person died, whatever reason, you would get money. So uh, she apparently profited from that, Mary Perkins. And uh, after that case was discovered in Selma, uh, there was a big push to change those laws. So, Jeremy, we've run out of time. Can we record one more interview about Patricia Quinwinkle? Yes, sure. I want to thank you for joining us today by Skype and talking about your book, Wicked Women of Alabama. Thank you. Joining us by Skype from Moody, Alabama, was crime reporter Jeremy Gray, author of the book, Wicked Women of Alabama, published by the History Press. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.